Let us pray. Lord, as we look at these words from Mark 5, we thank you that uh, this woman, this girl, her dad, uh, received such good things at your hand. We pray that we, through your word, will know and receive good things at your hand. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, we don't normally have visual aids at uh, the evening service, but we do normally have sandwiches. So, uh, my visual aid for this evening is a sandwich. Don't worry, Audrey, it's, one, it's not one of yours that I've abused. It's, uh, it's one I made earlier on. And I might even eat it later on if I get ambitious or hungry. What I want us to think about this evening is sandwiches. Because what we've had in our reading uh, from Mark 5 is a Markan sandwich. It's something Mark does quite a bit. Um, Becky and I were just thinking about it this afternoon. There are at least four that we can think of. There are probably more that we couldn't. Uh, where he, what he does is he sandwiches. He starts one story, then tells another one in the middle of it, and then goes back uh, to the original. And uh, we're going to be looking at that uh, this evening. Uh, so do take, take your Bibles and uh, open them at page 1162 as we unpack a bit of Mark together. In a sandwich, of course, both the bread and the filling are good. It's a combination that is good. Jesus is in both the bread and the filling. He is good through and through. And what I'm going to want to do this evening is take three bites of this Mark and sandwich and see him at work. It's not about taking one layer, then the middle bit, and then the other bit. That's not it at all. It's taking three bites vertically through the sandwich where we get a bit of outside and a bit of filling at each one. Well, the first bite is about fear and faith. Uh, and that is a reality for both Jairus and for the woman in the crowd who comes up and touches Jesus. For Jairus, his fear is focused around the fact that his daughter, who he loves, is dying. And he knows it. And he's scared it might happen. He's so scared that he comes uh, and you know, prostrates himself before Jesus. He kneels down and pleads with him. Uh, he doesn't worry about what people would be thinking. There must have been a bit of fear in the back of his mind, but there was also some faith. And the faith that Jesus could change his situation, that of his daughter. For the woman, too, there's a mixture of faith and fear going on. She, too, believed that if she, did, if she uh, met with Jesus, there was something about him and his power that could change her situation. In fact, indeed, she thought, she was so convinced of this, that she thought all she had to do was reach out and touch his cloak and she could be healed, which, of course, is what happened. Um, but she was afraid. We read that at first... Um, Jesus is 
going through the crowd and he's being jostled by various people and then he said, oh, who touched me? And his disciples say, oh, put it in uh, colloquially, uh, you've got to be kidding. Uh, do you seriously think that uh, lots of people would have touched you? Yeah, don't, don't, didn't realise that, uh, you know, that's just kind of, it's like on the tube. You're going to, there's a bit of jostling goes, goes on. And in the middle of all that, there's this woman, and she's afraid, and she doesn't come forward at first and say, oh, it was me. But after a while, Jesus stands there and he says, yeah, I do know that power went out of me. And uh, so who was it then? And eventually she comes forward. She came forward, of course, to be healed by Jesus. And she comes forward to admit that uh, she's touched his garment. And there's this mixture of faith and fear going on in both Jairus and in this woman. And it prompts me to wonder uh, where faith and fear are in our lives. What are the points where you believe something? We're going to think next week we're in our series on the Holy, the Holy Spirit and the power of prayer. Next week we're going to uh, unpack the passage where uh, actually the, the person says, uh, I believe, but help me in my unbelief. And most of us are a combination of the two, fear and faith mixed together. I wonder where are you with regard to fear and faith? What are the touching points? What are the difficult things for you? Where does faith touch fear? I'll leave that hanging. Second bite of the sandwich uh, regards um, Jesus and being unclean, his attitude to uncleanness, uncleanliness. Well, of course, he's not put off. He's not put off by the fact that the little girl is dying. He's not put off by the fact that by the time he gets there, she's dead. Of course, touching and being in the presence of a dead body makes you ceremonially unclean instantly. He's not put off by that. The woman, we read, has been um, hemorrhaging for uh, a long time and contact with her would make a person ceremonially unclean. Jesus was not put off by that. Uh, there are various other occasions with lepers and, and so on when there are things going on that would have made Jesus ceremonially unclean and he wasn't put off by that. He knew that actually things flowed the other way. Uh, that it wasn't that he was made unclean by something that in the eyes of others was unclean. He could touch what was unclean and make it clean. And he's like that with us. When we think about the cross, then we think about us. We're unclean. And that transfer is made where his righteousness comes to us and all our sin goes on to him. I wonder, where are you in relation to uncleanness? What puts you off? Whatever that might be, I just want you to know that Jesus is not put off 
by whatever is unclean in your life. That's not an obstacle to him. Now I said we'd be taking uh, three bites of this Markham sandwich. We've had two, so uh, well, we'll come to the third. And the third relates to 12 years. It's interesting how it's just chucked in there a little bit oddly, actually if you read it, but for both the girl and for the woman, uh, she's 12 years old, a bit older than Alice. Uh, I said we got, we, we got visual aids, got a sandwich here, boring visual aid, and much more interesting visual aid over there. Um, but so, ima- imagine Alice a bit older, and uh, that's how old this girl is, 12 years. Now, the whole of this girl's life, this woman has been bleeding. She's had her problem for exactly the same length of time. It's not co- these, not, these things are not coincidences in Scripture. It's mentioned, oh, just to kind of by the by, oh, the girl was 12 years old, and it's mentioned by the by, oh, the woman had been bleeding for 12 years. Uh, it's a long time. And of course, it'd be natural to be despairing about that. I, as I read this about Mark 5 the, just this week, I found myself reading a reflection uh, on the passage uh, written by somebody I know, actually, who's uh, been having some, pr- some really uh, heavy-duty stuff go on in their family and how uh, the, uh, I guess, the temptation to fall into despair is there when something goes on year after year after year. But then coming back with faith, and the, the, there's this mixture of fear and faith, which kind of wraps together with the 12 years. But in the Bible, of course, the number 12 is very significant. It comes up, I guess the 12 that we most think of is we, we, we leap to the 12 disciples of Jesus. Well, 11 plus 1, because 11 were good, and one, one did something he shouldn't have. Well, actually, all of them did things they shouldn't have, but one particularly. Um, that, of course, points back to the 12 tribes of Israel, the 12 sons of Jacob, and so on. Uh, di- different, th- different things. The number 12 should remind us that God is at work. God was at work in all those 12s. So maybe think back uh, what's been going on long term in your life. Something that's not easy. God can still work in the middle of that. Let's bring all these, uh, these bites in to, to land. I did contemplate bite, biting the sandwich as we went along, but uh, Becky pointed out that if I did that, I'd, mm, I'd find it difficult getting the words out, so I'll have to eat it afterwards. Whatever is going on in this Mark and Sandwich, we learn that in both cases, Jesus restores them and makes them whole. Both the girl who dies and Jesus restores her, and also the woman who's been bleeding for many years and he restores her. But the restoration that Jesus gives is much deeper than just physical healing. He's not uh, some sort of walking emergency medical center. That's not what Jesus is. What Jesus is, 
is God in human form. He's confronting uh, all that's wrong in the world, all the sin, all the death. Most of all, of course, he confronts them on the cross. Uh, Whatever you are afraid of, wherever faith touches fear for you, whatever you think might make you unclean, whatever is unclean about you, Jesus can deal with that. Whatever has been going on in your life for years that's not what it should be, God can get to work in that too because Jesus has the victory. The victory over sickness, victory over death, victory over sin. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that uh, we don't have a God who gives up and uh, we don't have a reason to despair when all these things come our way because you have the victory. Lord, we're sorry when we've given up uh, too easily. We pray, please, as we thought this morning, then you will help us to be uh, both serious and persistent in our prayers and to know the transformation that you bring about. Transformation that you brought to Jairus' daughter. The fact, the transformation that you brought to this woman's life. We pray you will bring transformation to ours. In Jesus' name. Amen.